The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I don't like your attitude. I definitely... The defense is wrong. Don't think that guy just says, oh, it's a Thursday edition of PFTOT, also PFTPM. This may show up in Christian's Unbuttoned, although I think you're going to do one later today. You do a double duty today. Ahmad Farid's coming in, and you guys are going to fire up the Chris Sims Unbuttoned engines. We are gradually getting back to some semblance of normalcy, although yeah. obviously, given what's going on in the world, nothing is normal, but we're trying to get our capacity back to where we can give you something, folks, that you can enjoy, that you can use as a distraction, that you can use as a diversion while you are cooped up at home. And and I continue to hear, Chris, that we'll be back on NBCSN and Sky Sports on Monday the 23rd. Um, I'm, I need it. I need to get back in the schedule. Uh, I'll be excited for it. It has been nice to be in the in the office the last two days. Yes, I got a Chris Sims on button coming later today. Ahmed Farid, I don't think, is coming into the office. We're keeping our social distance. He'll Skype or FaceTime in. But me and my main woman, Kristen, back here in the control room, we're like two of maybe five or six people in this huge NBC sports facility. It's actually kind of eerie, but it's also nice to like have quiet time when you work and have nobody distract you. So I'm kind of enjoying that. I got a lot of got to watch a lot of film yesterday without people uh, bothering me. I enjoyed that. And without your son Philip consuming bandwidth while he plays Fortnite. Oh, or that, yeah. Or dad, dad, can we go play horse? Dad, dad, let's go 1v1 outside, dad. Come on, dad. I mean, no thanks, Philip. Sorry, I got to do some jobs around here. I don't want to get philosophical on you, but to that extent, you've been given a gift that you will be home more than you otherwise would have been so you can do those things. Definitely. Right? Cats no. in the cradle, baby, and yeah. the silver spoon and yeah. all that stuff. I got a 23-year-old asleep downstairs who doesn't want to be around me anymore. Enjoy it while they're wearing I out know. because the time is coming where dad isn't cool anymore, where dad is regarded as a pain in the ass, hey. where dad is simply an ATM. You, you, yes, I, I, I know. I can already see that coming. <laughs> and the ATM part is here with my teenager and, and my little boy. So I, I hear you there. I'm sure it's worse at your age. Also, you know, hey, sending a little, like, you're, you're not bored at home, sending me a, a social media shout-out last night, taking shots of 1942 tequila, and which I really enjoyed the comments underneath about people looking at your house. That is the best part of when you do those videos, when people go, do you live in a castle? I want to see your winery. I mean, I love it, but I'll get to that tonight. Now, do I have to drink? Can I roll a big fatty and just be like, hey, this is what I do. I don't like to drink, but I roll big fatties. And can I do that or am have, I going to get fired? You have a medical card. You I can do whatever you want. I, I do. won't fire you. I know you won't fire me, but you you might even not even have jurisdiction over that if uh, the, the wrong people saw that or didn't like that. So I'm not sure. I need to get that checked out by some, some uh, more powerful people than you. We had a debate as to where to actually shoot that video. And for anybody who isn't paying attention and really doesn't care, well, if you don't care, you're still going to hear about it. What we did, and I didn't know about this. I saw it last night. Somebody sent it to me that PFT commenter, my internet son, was the second guy in a chain of basically 
hey, we're all stuck at home. Let's have a drink and then let's pass along the obligation to three other people to chug something and then pass it along to three other people, I guess, just to kind of pass the time as if people aren't drinking anyway while they're cooped up at home. So we had a debate where to do it. And I and it was kind of like a trolling thing to do it down in the wine cellar because I knew it would spark those comments. And I'll tell you what, the dude who thinks The Rock is fake. Oh, you're from when, Florida. The Rock's from Florida, he said. Let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, man, when this is over, when when we are allowed to like travel again, you are welcome to come up and inspect The Rock. I can tell you that it is real. It is not fake. It's not Zebrick Rock, all right? It is real rock. And, and there is a load of it all the way up that passageway and out the door. 20 feet of rock everywhere. The guy, when he built the house, and we bought the house. We didn't build the house. But the guy, when he built the house, he had a rock guy on site for like two and a half years. And it's real rock. It's not fake rock. Okay, all right. Good. We're all, we're all squared away. Now let's get to business, big guy. By the way, I, I was made aware that you're not supposed to shoot 1942. You're supposed to sip it. I did not know that. I, I mean, so they say. That's what professional drinkers do. I don't know. When it's time for me to drink, I drink to get drunk. I'm not sitting here going, oh, <laughs> man, this controlled poison tastes good. I love it. I just, that's not me. It's like I want it cold with some limes in it, and I want to get to the point in a hurry. What, what, what is the difference between getting drunk and getting high? Uh, what's the difference? Oh, I guess... You know, when I when you're drunk, you're a little more sloppy and I don't know, what do I want to say, carefree. When when I get high and I like to smoke sativa, right, which is more of a, you know, my energy is good, but my brain's scrambled. And I get a lot of great ideas, okay? I always tell this, and I have a few other friends who agree. When I first get high, I think I'm about the smartest I am actually capable of being for about 30 I minutes. Don't- I don't disagree with that. Okay. Yeah. You probably have experienced it with your own son. You probably go, damn, he's kind of smart right now or whatever. But either way, I, about that thir- 30 or 40 minutes, I have great ideas about football stuff, all these things. And then I progressively get dumber from that point on and then uh, become very hungry as well. And then I end up on the couch just hanging out eating potato chips. So there's a little difference there. I guess the drinking, I can be a little more crazy and want to dance and be funny and silly that way, I guess is is the difference between me. I very, very rarely drink to the point where I know I've had too much. I always cut it off short of that. I don't like the feeling the next day. Right. And, you know, once you've done it enough times over the course of your life, starting at 18 or 19 years old, you start to learn where that balance is. Yes. Like, I'd rather do moderation three or four times a week than get drunk once a week. There's, it doesn't, it doesn't, what does it do? Yeah. What does it do for you? It does nothing. You got to know when to stop, when to shut it off and right. switch over to Coke Zero or vitamin water or something that doesn't have alcohol in it. All right, eventually. I'm sure in the control room, Kristen's saying, will these buttholes move on to the things that they're supposed to be talking about? And we shall. Tom Brady. Now, and it got interesting last night, or maybe it didn't. There was a suggestion by Adam Schefter of ESPN that, that there was language in the contract for Tom Brady to sign with the Buccaneers that was potentially going to delay the process. I had another reporter suggest that Schefter was trying to unbreak the story and then rebreak the story because he didn't break it. Colin Coward did. Regardless, the deal has worked out. The physical is being uh, happening. Uh, what is it? Imposed, implemented, yeah. performed, whatever. He's getting a finger up his butt today. If that's what they do. Although he's 42, he probably should be getting that (laughs) prostate exam. He's in the age group. Chris, you're not far away from it. But I digress. Um, 
Schefter also reported, and I don't know whether this was trying to squeeze the Buccaneers to give in on whatever they were fighting about. Schefter reported that there are plenty of free agents now that want to join the Buccaneers to play with Tom Brady. And that doesn't surprise me because we're at the scouting combine. We're talking to these rookies who are coming in. Who's the one guy that's going to cause you to say, holy crap, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, over and over, Tom Brady. And it doesn't surprise me that other free agents want to play with Tom Brady. No, definitely not. I'm not shocked by it either. I mean, come on. It's Tom Brady. He's special. He's a great guy. You know, he's a, still got a, a lot of talent. And, and you know, we, he showed the ability to, to lead a team last year and still be dangerous. Is he the same guy as he once was? No, of course not. But, you know, generally – Players, you know, they want to be on teams where they feel like they got a chance and they're the focal point and, ooh, people are going to see me and be a part of something special. And I would think that there's a number of players out there right now who are looking at it going, damn, Tampa's got some potential. Ooh, that's not a bad place to live. Man, Mike Flurry always brings up no state tax. Damn, I need to get there. They see Bruce Arians. I just think there's a lot of positive vibes there. Plus the Glazier family, you know, they're a great family. I'll never say anything different I just never saw anything different to say otherwise and they let their football people run the team too they don't you know stick their nose in there too much so uh, I, I think this will be a continuing trend here through throughout the spring really yeah I agree with you completely but I will say this look at all the Patriots free agents who have played with Tom Brady who have signed with other teams it's not like they decided we're going to wait and see where Tommy goes before we make a decision so that makes me a little skeptical of it, although I guess the guys who have played with Tom Brady, they can already say they've played with Tom Brady. Sure. They've won Super Bowls with Tom Brady. Now they're trying to make their money, money that they haven't made and never would make in New England. That's so the I guess point. I can that's harmonize the point. that. Right. I think that's the point. They're just now they're going, finally, I'm free. New England doesn't pay anybody. You know, so I can get out of here and I finally, you know, I got a chance to strike it rich. You know, I'm sure a lot of those guys would have loved to have gone with Tom Brady too. But what we have seen is a lot of those guys go to the other New England coaches, whether it be Detroit or Miami with Flores um, and, um, you know, Matt Patricia there too. But yeah, you're right. We haven't seen any of the Tampa players, I mean, the New England players try to join Tommy in Tampa yet. Is he talking you know, about AB? Are we? Is that the all we're getting back to here about players that want to come play? Is this all about AB still? You know, where where are we with that? Well, Ira Kaufman of JoeBucksFan.com, who's covered the team forever, yesterday expressed to me skepticism that the Buccaneers would want Antonio Brown. Yeah. Bruce Arians was with AB for his first two years right. in Pittsburgh. And last year when it was all falling apart for Brown in Pittsburgh – Arians was basically saying, hey, too much diva for, for my taste. And so I think that yep. Arians would, would be persuasive when it comes to talking Tommy out of wanting Antonio Brown when you've got the receivers they already have. No doubt. And I think when you can come to the table with more than one game of experience that Tom had with A.B., I, I think that maybe Arians can convince him that they should just go with other guys that they have and maybe they'll try to draft some guys or whatever. And And again, I'm told that this idea that Brady wants control over personnel, that is overblown. He doesn't. He wants to do his job because for 20 years, Chris, he has done his job. 
and and he wants to do his job in a place where he thinks he can be successful, but he doesn't want to take over. He didn't make crazy demands that some people have suggested he made, and it's not like he's going to be able to force the Buccaneers to add Antonio Brown if he wants to play with Antonio Brown. No, you're you're right, and I, yes, I would have been shocked to hear Tom Brady make any really crazy demands. I mean, you you said it yesterday. We talked about it. You know, he's just he's the ultimate soldier, and he'll lead. You know, he'll lead the army or or the uh, the forces into battle and do everything that the generals tell him to do. That's the way Tom Brady leads. You know, he'll speak up when you need him to all of those things. So, uh, yeah. Now the one thing I am interested to see Mike about the contract, you know, is this going to be one of those things too, where is Brady going to be at like, uh, Hey Tom, you can leave town Sunday night and then you don't have to be back till Wednesday morning. You know, I wonder, is that going to be part of this? The, you know, the fact that we hear so much about him wanting to get back up here to the New York area, see his family, as we know, it's kind of well-documented, you know, is that going to be part of the deal? That, that to me would be a little weird, honestly, if you're going to pay a guy $30 million and not to say he can't do some work on his own on Monday and Tuesday, but you know, when you're the highest paid guy on your team, you want him there in the facility and being the quarterback and, you know, having two cents to say about the game plan and things like that. I'll be interested to see if that's baked into the contract as well. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look, yeah. last year the Eagles let Josh McCown take off on Friday yeah. to go coach high school football. So if Tom asked for it and you want Tom, you're going to give him what he wants. I can't imagine Brady being all in. And not being all in. Right. Because he is all in. Right. He's going to go all in. Yeah. Now, he can fly up to New York on Monday night and spend the day on Tuesday and see his son up there. That's one of the reasons why he wanted to stay close to New York City. They've got the, the house in your neighborhood, Chris, where, you know, he can come hang out there and spend the off days there and then go back to Tampa. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. How the family. You know, will the whole family live in Tampa? Right. Will they live in Connecticut? Will he be? You know, we've seen this before where players are basically in that town by themselves. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but obviously that's a real factor day in and day out. These guys are human beings. Yeah. They have lives and they don't want to be in isolation away from their families for all of football season. So I think they'll agree to whatever Tom wants, but I can't see him wanting to take away from opportunities to help the team get ready for the next game, especially if there's not going to be an offseason program and especially if training camp may be truncated because of the COVID-19 situation. No doubt. All right. Um, Another quarterback development that happened yesterday. And, you know, the Bears initially talked to Teddy Bridgewater, then Andy Dalton's name resurfaced, and then it came back to Nick Foles. Leaving the Jaguars via trade for the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, knows Foles well from their year together in Philadelphia when Foles was a rookie in 2012 and their year together four years later in Kansas City when Nagy was a first-year offensive coordinator and Foles played in a couple of games and didn't play as Portland. He played much better than he did with the Rams. There's this narrative he didn't play well with the Chiefs. He did, and it was much better than his time with the Rams. And also, Matt Nagy witnessed firsthand 2018 playoffs. Foles and the Eagles came in and beat the Bears in Soldier Field to end a magical season for Chicago. So I think it makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. And, and now the question is, where is he on the depth chart? Is he the starter? Is it an open competition? Do you call it an open competition in the event that Foles maybe stumbles a little bit and Trubisky steps up? I think that's what they need to do. I don't think you install Foles as the starter because I don't think Foles is going to expect that. But I, I really 
do think that week one he's going to be the guy unless he gets injured. I, I, I would think so, too. I'm not so sure they don't just make him the starter here right from the get-go. Now, we know they restructured his contract a little bit, right? And I don't know if I heard any of the details there. But, you know, to your point, with the Matt Nagy thing, yes, there's history there. It goes deeper than that. You know, John, you know, John Filippo. he was in Philadelphia with Nick Foles, so he's there. Bill Lazor has history with Nick Foles to go along with that. So this is a guy they're obviously very comfortable with. They know he's going to know the scheme, the system, all of those things, and hit the ground running. And, you know, I just think the narrative around Mitch Trubisky is so negative right now. In Chicago, I would not be shocked to see them start Nick Foles right from the bat or at least let him have the first team reps, call it a team, you know, call it a a quarterback battle and competition or whatever it may be. But he's kind of going with the first team until screwing up or proven otherwise. Um, So that's going to be the interesting thing. I don't think they trade Mitchell Trubisky or do anything like that. I think they'll stand pat with these two. Uh, But it certainly makes sense with Nick Foles being in Chicago. Trubisky's contract for this year, fully guaranteed. I think it's a guarantee that they won't be picking up the fifth-year option on Mitchell Trubisky because he falls into the old formula, which means it would be the transition tender for 2020 that would be applied at the quarterback position to Mitchell Trubisky for 2021 option year, which is going to be like $24, $25 million. They aren't doing that. No, they're not. Uh, He's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to get a chance to play at some point if Foles gets injured. And look, last year, Foles was a week one starter in Jacksonville and didn't make it out of the first half. Gardner Minshew had a chance to come in and play, and Gardner Minshew's now the guy well, in Jacksonville. And uh, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going to say, you know, th- that's where, like, you know, again, I would have preferred Andy Dalton. I, d- I think Andy Dalton's a better player. And I know a lot of people are going to go, well, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl and did all that. Listen, and I know he knows the system. So that's, you know, there's some familiarity there. And I get that all the way. All right. So that that's, you, you can't deny that. There was a little familiarity with Andy Dalton too. But to me with Nick Foles, it's just, you know, it's been so many moments of all over the place. You know, it's, it's bad regular season playoff run. Hey, you're the starter next year. You don't play that good. Carson Wentz gets a hit hit hurt another good playoff run you know start off in Jacksonville yeah unfortunately gets hurt gets to come back and play plays horrible you know even your time in Kansas City where you say it wasn't as bad as you know you think it was with Nick Foles if you remember right Mike I think we've discussed this before that was when you know Alex Smith got hurt he said he could come back and play and they basically said eh why don't you take another week off because I don't think they were thrilled with his play they let Nick Foles play he did solid but not enough to where they said, oh, you continue to be the starter. They they brought Alex Smith back in. So they left a crack in the door there for him to kind of take the reins then. So that's why I'm just, I just don't know what to expect from Nick Foles at times. That's only my, my only big issue with him. And that's why I did say I'd rather see Andy Dalton there than Nick Foles. But, you know, obviously they deemed otherwise. Nick Foles has something about him where when you get him in the right circumstances, it all falls together. It's almost like fourth quarter Tim Tebow, right? <laughs> right, when, right. When, when Nick, but it's got to be the right circumstance. It's like he's got to be as the backup, right? That The starter has to get injured, and then it all falls to Foles, and that's part of this atmosphere. I, I've said before, and I believe, that the 2017 playoff run that culminated in the Super Bowl win was almost like a football equivalent of the movie Slumdog Millionaire, where everything just fell perfectly right place right time right place right time right call at the right moment right caught a defense in the wrong in the wrong look at the right time and he throws the I mean when that Vikings game it was just boom 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 over 
And uh, now, look, there, it, it took a more sustained performance in Super Bowl 52, but yeah. we, we still have yet to see that Nick Foles on a regular basis. He had a chance last year in Jacksonville. It didn't work, and now he'll have a chance to do it with the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And, and for the Jaguars, I don't want to hear the Jaguars are tanking. The, the Jaguars are getting rid of guys they would have gotten rid of anyway, and they're getting va- or if or they would have liked to have gotten rid of. They had contracts that kind of tied them to a Nick Foles, um, but they, they're getting value in return for big salaries. They still have a, a young nucleus they feel good about. That's right. And their owner, Shad Khan, expects them to win now. If if Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone are tanking, they're going to be out of a job after this year because Shad Khan isn't going to stand for it. He expects the team to be competitive. Yeah, I, I'm with you too. And they're not they're not tanking. There's a lot of young talent on that football team. You're right. They're getting rid of assets where they go. Okay, AJ Bouye getting a little past his prime. Expensive, te- you know, expensive expensive paycheck we got to pay him you know every year Calais Campbell same thing you know still good players but they are past their prime and it's going to continue just to go downhill a little bit but for a little bit each year that goes on here and they got some value from them to kind of you know I'm not going to say they're definitely not tanking they're just refurbishing their team a little bit that's what it really comes down to there is still a lot to like about that Jaguars roster and uh, yeah I don't think they're going to go out there and win the AFC South this year but I think they're going to be a pain in the butt to a lot of football teams and you know then I'd say watch out in 2021 because of all these picks and assets they have you know Nick Foles could have been a potential candidate to play quarterback for the New England Patriots Bill Belichick saw up close a couple of years ago what Foles can do but we don't know what the Patriots are doing at the quarterback position other than not bringing back Tom Brady there's a thought that maybe they're going to go with Jared Stidham second year guy hey it worked with a second year guy in 2001 right after Drew Bledsoe got blown up on the sidelines by Mo Lewis but Chris what do we think the Patriots will ultimately do do you think they'll be in the market now for Andy Dalton you know Peter King mentioned Dalton to the Patriots so many times in the past couple of months it makes me think he knows something he says he doesn't which is part of the ruse right that's part of the setup no I don't know anything yeah Andy Dalton to the Patriots I think would be a possibility but he's going to want to be paid yeah I just wonder whether or not Bill Belichick sees this as a chance to reset the clock yeah. to the days of having not much money right. invested in the quarterback position reset the clock he's got a lot of draft picks here they're going to reset the team a little bit You know, not that they're tanking or rebuilding, but he's kind of refocusing the nucleus of this team and and building, you know, not from scratch, but building something new here. Mike, I I don't think they're going to make any play for for Andy Dalton or anything like that. I don't. I just don't see them trading away draft picks or paying him extra money like that. The sense I get, and I know I've told you this during the season and when we got into some of the Brady could leave talk, uh, that, that Jared Stidham's loved up there. That I mean, he's they they think the world of him. They think he can be the next guy, and I think really what they'll do right now is they're going to stand pat, and I think ultimately they're going to bring in you know a a veteran backup. You know, maybe does a Brian Hoyer, maybe Jacoby Brissett comes back into town, you know, to be the backup. Somebody like that, though, that that they feel like, okay, we got a little familiarity. If we got to throw this guy in there, that's great. But I don't think they're going to bring anybody in to challenge, challenge Stidham as the starter. I, I really think as all things and signs point right now that they're going to go with him this year. And that would be the ultimate Bill Belichick thing to do anyways. So that, that, that would, that's right up his alley. So I'm not shocked by that. And you wonder what the expectations will be for the Patriots. Already we've seen the odds plummet or grow, whichever is the right direction. But the Buccaneers regarded as a better proposition than the Patriots at this point to get to the Super Bowl, which isn't surprising because all the Patriots done 
have done in free agency is lose guys, right? I mean, one or two like random guys have come in, but some recognizable names are are fleeing for other outposts of the Patriot way, whether it's Detroit, the Giants, or the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins uh, have snagged multiple former Patriots, and uh, this is this is just strange to see where this is going to go for the Patriots in 2020. And this will be the ultimate test. I guess if Bill Belichick has to prove he can do it without Tom Brady, he's going to tear the whole thing down so it's even more impressive if he's able to get it done with unproven players. Yeah, well, I think he's he's playing the long play. He's not going like, oh, we're going to try to do it all for this year's team and I'm going to prove everybody wrong right here in 2020 that I can do it without Tom Brady. No, I think he's starting to build, try to build you know, his next phase of a dynasty. And it might take a year or two. Maybe they missed the playoffs. I think they're still going to be highly competitive. Listen, I'm not sitting here going, oh man, they've lost some players here where it's over for them. They're really screwed. You know, hey, New England, yeah, we got questions about the quarterback position. You know, there's still things to like about the offense. Do they need to improve the O-line and things like that? Yes. But damn, let's not forget that's the best second. That was one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time last year. We can't forget that aspect of it, where you know it's the maybe the best corner duo in football, one of the best pass defenses we ever saw in the history of football. To where I still think they're going to be able to rely on them and not have to rely on a guy like Stidham to score thirty points on a week in week out basis. They'll be a defensive football team. They'll play smart. They'll manage the offense, and they'll try to win twenty to seventeen games, kind of like they did this year. Yeah, and look, we know that Bill Belichick is the master at coming up with game plans and teaching it to his guys, and they don't have to be great players if Bill Belichick puts them in the right place and they can be trusted to do their job. So this is going to be one hell of a chemistry experiment in New England this year to see how the post-Tom Brady Patriots fare. And if they really do rip it down, there's going to be no expectations. The narrative is going to be, hell, this team's not going to the playoffs. So if they just get to the playoffs, it's going to be viewed as coach of the year type performance by Bill Belichick, Chris. Yeah, no, it, it will. And I would not be shocked if they ended up in the playoffs. I am never going to count the New England Patriots out. I know Tom Brady's not there, and that's a little scary. But still, you know, let's not forget, this is a team that went 14-6 and six without Tom Brady when he didn't play. You know, and one of those losses was with a third-string quarterback, a third-stringer. You know, they went 11-5 and five with a guy who didn't even play college football. I mean, that, that to me is still astounding. And I know that was a really good team around them. But, yeah, I do not expect the New England Patriots to fall off earth. Am I picking them to win the AFC East? I don't know about that. But I think they're going to be highly competitive. Most likely. Most likely I am, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I think I will, too. With Stephon Diggs and with the continued growth and development of Josh Allen right. and that defense under Sean McDermott, yeah, I think I'm going to take the Bills. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to the next topic here. What do we have? What do, what we, do have? we have? What do we um, have? What do we have? I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting texts that are distracting me. Sorry. The Philadelphia Eagles have a new cornerback, Darius Slay. Well, worst kept secret: the guy wants to be traded and. The Eagles got him. Think about this. The Eagles once got Golden Tate for half of a year for a third-round pick. They got Darius Slay for a three and a five and a three-year extension, and he's getting paid, and it's easy to pay him when you don't have to give up much to get him. Darius Slay addressing one of the biggest areas of need, one of the biggest liabilities on the Eagles' 
uh, roster, that secondary, huge move for the Eagles. Yeah, huge move. I mean, really, as Darius Slay, you know, without a doubt, one of the, you know, you could argue he's one of the five best corners in football. He's certainly in the top 10. Jim Schwartz, the D coordinator, drafted Darius Slay. So I'm not shocked to see this. You know, Jim Schwartz does play a lot of man-to-man. Darius Slay, he can live on an island. And this has been a weakness of their football team the last few years. So, you know, they're, they're building some depth in that secondary. You know, I think with, you know, another loss Malcolm Jenkins, but re-signed Jalen Mills. They still got Sidney Jones. He's another year out from tearing his Achilles injury. I think he can be a better player as well, but they needed this type of marquee wide receiver for Jim Schwartz who can be creative and he is the type of guy that could go, hey Darius Slay, you play man-to-man on Amari Cooper and I'm going to do all these other different things over here to help out stop the Cowboys run game or stop at Michael Gout, whatever it may be. This will give him a little creativity that way. Much needed move big time two big moves that I think have flown under the radar I mean that was great but Darius Slay and them getting Javon Hargrave from the Pittsburgh Steelers Mike those are two things I just look at like Hargrave not a superstar but one of the best you know run stoppers in football to have him next to Fletcher Cox now and now you have a Malik Jackson coming back from injury man they're gonna have some versatility and some size there uh, along with some some better secondary play in Philadelphia and, and I wouldn't be surprised, uh, and I'd have to look at Malik Jackson's contract and see what guarantees are left or whatnot, but I wouldn't be surprised if Malik Jackson ends up off the roster. Yeah, You, you think- know, when you make a move like that to bring in Hargrave, it's got, uh, the deal's got $17 million guaranteed. You know, $4.6 million of his salary this year is guaranteed. It wouldn't surprise me if they try to trade him, but they are on the hook for $4.6 million of his salary this season. And uh, I'm looking at this, and it's quite possible. I don't know. i got to do a little more research. It may be that they've restructured. It looks like they, they did restructure, so uh, he's going he's gonna to still be on the team. They've oh, already they've given restructured him a chunk Malik of salary Jackson? as a bonus. They've already, yeah, it looks like they've restructured Malik Jackson, so he'll be there. Um, but, you know, they, when, when they won the Super Bowl, what did they have? They That's had a rotation right. of eight guys that they constantly – brought him in, flipped him in, kept him fresh, and they overwhelm an offensive line. Yeah, that, that's the key to, to, to their football team. It was one of the greatest strengths, and they did. They lost that the last two years. I mean, they lost some players in free agency. You know, Chris Long retired. Brandon Graham is not as dominant as he was. You know, their first-round pick, the, the pass rusher out of uh, Tennessee, uh, I'm blanking on his name. He's had a few injuries. You know, so, yeah, they need they need this. You know, the, this is, they need to be dominant up front. They have haven't had that aspect of their football team and this this will be a, a big improvement for them if they can stay healthy and, and with these additions Derek Barnett right Derek Barnett there it is thank you very much the guy who they tried to block with a tight end yes. while the NFC championship game was still in the balance 14-7 the Eagles led the Vikings were driving Case Keenum rolled to the right David Morgan coming in motion to block Derek Barnett didn't work Barnett blasted through him hit uh, Keenum from behind, fumble. Three plays later, touchdown. Eagles. Game over. But but on the chalk, but on the chalkboard, <laughs> it worked because he just drew a line and he said, "You block him." And they said, "Damn, okay, we're good. We don't ha- we don't have to worry about the human aspect of this. We're good." I drew a line. I crossed it. He's blocked him. We're good. You're right, Mike. It's the some of the dumbest shit I see weekly <laughs> in the NFL. Sorry for swearing, but when I see tight ends blocking Khalil Mack or top tier pass rushers, I just want to go. I hope your quarterback gets sacked and you fumble. I hope it happens. Happens. You know, that's the, that, that kind of crap doesn't happen. You don't see New England do that. You don't see the, the better offenses in football do that very often. That's for sure.
But here's the thing, Chris, and this is what astounds me. If a couple of knuckleheads like us know it, how in the hell are they still doing it? I know, Mike, because it is very hard to reorganize your whole pass rush uh, blocking scheme for an offensive line to make sure you get your five offensive linemen on you know the four best rushers it's not always easy and it's just a cop-out to go hey tight end you got here you know it takes a lot of work that's why Dante Skarnecchia is one of the greatest O-line coaches in the history of football because he figures out to go hey I don't care if I got Gronkowski or whatever he's not going to block this one of the better pass rushers in football that's not his cup of tea and he'll find ways to make sure and he'll teach Brady and everybody hey point to this linebacker and therefore we can get a tackle on that pass rusher and then maybe we can get Gronkowski to block a linebacker or a safety that fits it better but really that's what it is it's very hard to make sure you got the O-lineman on the pass rusher and it's just a cop out or a little bit of laziness by coaches more times than not Mike and we're not talking about a chip right no Uh, or, or or a double team we're talking about situations where they draw it up for a tight end to be blocking a pass rusher, it is idiotic unless the tight end weighs 350 pounds. Yeah, right. Uh, all right. Um, speaking of defensive linemen, Jarrell Casey, longtime anchor of the defensive line for the Tennessee Titans, out of the blue yesterday, traded to the Denver Broncos, showing that Vic Fangio is serious about making that defense better at a time when they found their quarterback in uh, Drew Locke. Defense gets better. He gets guys that he thinks will help implement that defense the way he wants. Your reaction to Jarrell Casey going to the Broncos? Well, yeah, they don't really have that. They got some young guys that got some talent. Draymond Jones, real good in the interior of their defense. They don't, you know, they got some guys, but they have no real established difference maker right now. And I think the big thing is with, you know, with, with Jarrell Casey, you know, he's got a little versatility. He's very athletic for being a defensive tackle, but he is a disruptor. He can cause havoc, and I don't know if they necessarily have that in Denver yet. Like I said, they got some guys that have the potential to be that, but the big thing to me here is, you know, they got him. They traded for A.J. Bouye. We're seeing this in the AFC West so far in free agency. I know we're going to hit on the Chargers in a minute. But what we're seeing in the AFC West right now is the Patrick Mahomes contingency plan. Everybody's going, damn, we're not going to win a shootout. Let's get our defense better. And you're seeing the Chargers do that. And, of course, Vic Fangio, a defensive coach, I think he's going, all right, let's trade for A.J. Bouye. We could use more corners here. That's for sure. And now I got Bradley Chubb coming back healthy Von Miller I'll get a Jarrell Casey and these young guys and they're going to try to send waves at Mahomes and have a good secondary and they're trying to bolster that defense it makes a lot of sense thought it was a good trade yeah and I agree with you the idea that you're going to have to deal with Patrick Mahomes so let's do what we can to make our defenses better and that's what Vic Fangio is trying to do and, and look it's not like the the, the Broncos have, have been completely and totally overwhelmed by the Chiefs. They've got the personnel to yep. try to slow it down a little bit. And if their offense gets better, you can win a 27-24 game. I think that's what it's going to take. Hold the Chiefs down a little bit. You know, minimize that explosion that we see from time to time right. that comes in one quarter. We saw it in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Um, but also be able to score some points while you're holding them in check. We mentioned the Chargers. 
And, uh, yeah, they are doing what they can to make their defense better, adding Chris Harris Jr. There was talk about him going to the Chiefs. Instead, he goes to the Chargers and will still have to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Linval Joseph, cut by the Vikings. Now one of the guys in between those two great pass rushers in Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Your thoughts on the Chargers trying to get better defensively at a time when they swung and they missed on getting Tom Brady? Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, that, that hurt, I'm sure. I'm sure they're not happy about that. But, man, I, I've liked what I've seen from the Los Angeles Chargers and free agency. I mean, first off, you know, again, Chris, they got a good defense to begin with. We know that. They got two pretty good corners on the outside that, you know, I look at and go, wow, okay, they, they can match up with receivers, you know, uh, the, 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 the upper tier receivers in football. But now you have a premier slot guy to go along with it. And then, of course, we know a great pass rush already. So that's going to be uh, a, a great addition to their secondary. And then a guy like, Bre- you know, um, it, it's Brandon Meebane, right? I'm lost, I'm lost my damn mind Brandon here. Meebane. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Meebane. He's such a big, you know, he's a big body, you know, that that's what they need there. They have been, uh, they've had trouble stopping some of the bigger, more powerful teams from running it right down their throat the last few years. And to me, that's one of been one of their issues. They saw, they drafted Jerry Tillery in the first round last year. That's going to help out. He's going to be a year better, but yes, we're not Brandon Meevan. It's Linvel Joseph. He is going to be a great improvement to them. Yeah. I'm, I'm confused with many. I got so many damn names going through Mee-Bain, my head. Meevan is the guy they already have. Yes. Linvel Joseph is the guy they've added. Damn. I'm stupid. I don't know what else to say, but Linvel. Joseph is certainly going to be a great addition. You know, a similar scheme to what he played in Minnesota, not totally crazy. And Joseph is one of those guys that could be a nose tackle or a three technique if you want to get big or small, according to that, where you want to move him. And, you know, I still think he's got a few good years left in him. And Meebane may be gone. Uh, I'm looking at the roster here. Yeah. Unless he ended up, unless he ended the season on IR, it's hard to keep up with all these guys. And by the way, you say you're dumb. I mean to to uh, uh, harken back to what you said earlier. I mean, just smoke a fatty and you'll be uh, I'll you'll be, be good to go again for yeah, 30 that's, minutes. That's what I need to um, do. But yeah, I don't see me being on here. So anyway, that that would be something that if we were if I was doing copy paste snarky comment, I would research it before I wrote about it. Sometimes you just get what comes out of our mouths extemporaneously, and you got to live with it. All right. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, Other pass rushers, Dante Fowler Jr. Jumping from the Rams to the Atlanta Falcons. Leonard Floyd cut by the Bears, joining the Rams. And we know the value of great pass rushers. And we've seen movement. Robert Quinn to the Bears with a big deal. Five years, 70 million, which as a practical matter is two years, 30 million. But still, that's a lot of money for a guy who is seven years removed from his career high of 19 sacks. He had double digit last year with the Cowboys. But these guys, like Dante Fowler, I, you know, he did enough with the Rams in 2018 to get a one-year deal, yeah. but not enough to stay. And uh, and Floyd flushed out the door in Chicago. What do you think these guys will do in their new home? Well, I mean, Floyd's a really good football player. He really is. Now, he's just not like a big-time pass rush specialist that you're going to be able to depend on, you know, 12 sacks a game, but incredible, I mean, 12 sacks a year, but incredible versatility. I mean, incredible athlete. He's a really special athlete. 
And, you know, I think they can use him in a lot of different ways. Stand-up linebacker, defensive end, outside linebacker on the edge. So uh, I think that's good. The Rams obviously are in a little bit of a – they got to retool a little bit here and get some of the, the weight off their salary cap. That's one of the biggest issues with the Rams. They've just been so top-heavy the last few years. So, you know, Fowler will fit nice uh, with their new defensive scheme out there. And then Fowler – I mean, I really like that signing. First off, Fowler, you know, drafted in Jacksonville. Atlanta runs that same defense the Jacksonville Jaguars ran. He's going to get on the edge, put his hand down, and just get after the quarterback. I'm a big fan of what Dante Fowler does. And the Atlanta Falcons have lost, you know, any semblance of a pass rush, which they had from their Super Bowl years the last few years. Uh, so Fowler, I think, brings some attitude and some toughness to that defensive line for sure. Yeah, uh, I agree with you completely. And one uh, – Note to clarify, Brandon Meebane is currently a free agent. He's a free agent. years old. Yeah. Spent a couple of years with the Chargers. So yep. maybe he goes back to the Chargers. Who knows? But now that they have Limbaugh Joseph, that's I doubt a he'll be back. Need but then, Brandon Meebane. Yeah. I agree with him. Yeah, between him, Jerry Tillery, and they got a kid named Justin Jones who's only a third year out of North Carolina State who's a pretty good player too. All right. Uh, next topic. Last topic for today. Todd Gurley. Decision is coming Yeah, on whether or not he's going to continue to be a Ram. And I am told that the Rams currently are engaged in trade talks involving Todd Gurley. Wow. Doesn't mean they're going to be able to pull it off. A lot of money invested, a lot of money owed to him. Right. And more guaranteed money coming due. I don't know that anyone takes on that contract unless the Rams send a draft pick with it, like the Brock Osweiler hot potato deal from three years ago, Chris. And, uh, hey, uh, Maybe they could have gotten DeAndre Hopkins for Todd Gurley in a second-round pick. Um, that option is now gone. You're not going to be able to do business with the Houston Texans for a running back because they have David Johnson. But really, this is a contract the Rams would love to dump. And I think if they're going to pull off this trade, they're going to have to pay part of the salary or they're going to have to send net draft pick compensation to Todd Gurley's new team. I don't see anybody saying we want this deal because this deal doesn't reflect where the player currently is because the player, because of that knee, is not the guy that he was when he signed that deal two years ago. No, that's exactly right. I, I would be shocked that they just are allowed, you know, somebody trades for Todd Gurley and just says, okay, we'll work out a trade and, you know, Rams, you don't have to add anything to it. You know, either the Rams are going to have to pick up some of the salary or, like you said, probably trade away some draft picks to go along with it. Now the Rams are a little strapped, you know, as far as for draft picks too, you know, for, for some of the aggressive moves they've made over the last few years. So, you know, what are they going to be willing to part ways with is, is the first thing that goes through my mind. But yeah, for a team that, you know, I think is trying to, you know, kind of retool their football team and, and change over from that Super Bowl team we saw two years ago. Uh, I'm not surprised to hear that he's on the trading block. I mean, it's a lot of money. And you're right. There's no way. You can't cut him. I mean, it, it's $12 million of dead cap, over $12 million in dead money if you cut him. So they got to try to find something him, out. If yeah. you keep him, $5 million in salary this year becomes yes, guaranteed. Right. And a $5 million roster bonus for next year becomes guaranteed. That is the value of these contracts where you have triggers this year that vest payments next year. That's the key. That's how you can tell a good contract, and it yeah. may end up being a bad contract for the team. That's why the Cardinals were screwed. They had $10 million fully guaranteed to David Johnson that vested last year, and it's amazing they were able to unload that contract and not have to pay any of it. That's where 
the, the Rams currently are. They've got $10 million that's going to hit now as fully guaranteed if they don't get rid of Todd Gurley, and they're going to have a hell of a time doing it. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be fascinating. At the end of the day, how much will they have to pay, and what will the draft pick compensation be? Um, it, there's going to be one of these trades, ultimately, Chris, where the trade is they just give the guy away. Here, you take him, right? And there's no, there's no compensation. It's just the, it's a fair deal. We want to get rid of him, and you want him, and you don't give us anything, and we don't give you anything. We're happy to get rid of him, and you're happy to take him. And one of these days, that's going to happen. Well, yeah, you're right. A trade for nothing. A trade right? for nothing. We traded him, so you will take the money, and now we don't have to deal with it, and that's fine with us. I don't know. I mean, listen, Mike. I don't think it's freaking crazy. I don't. You know, first off, Gurley's different than the David Johnson situation. You know, David Johnson missed a year because of a wrist surgery. All right. That's not going to like concern front office personnel be like, man, can he still make a cut and break tackles with that wrist surgery? No, nobody's even going to give a damn about that. You know, he was a little banged up this year, this past season, but I don't think it's to where anybody's concerned. Gurley, as we know, there is concern there with his knee. No matter what the Rams say, Gurley says, whatever, they told us all this year with all their little things they said and didn't say in the media, his lack of production late in games or lack of even playing time in late in games. All of those things, let alone, Mike, I know you and I talked about during the season where I watched certain games on film to where I saw he couldn't cut off one of his legs, where I went, damn, when he has to cut that way, he has a really hard time. He has to like kind of put on the brakes and go like, skirt, 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 and then make the move to go that way. So that would scare me, and uh, I'm sure the Rams are scared of that as well. And I really do think one of the biggest challenges here, because the Rams, I think, were, were, were part of this problem, although I don't think they had a choice last year, Todd Gurley has yet to come to terms with the fact that yeah. he's not the guy that right. he was two years ago. Because right. he gets salty about it. He doesn't want to be asked about it. He doesn't want any negative energy put on his knee. Look, his knee's not what it was. He's not the player that he was. He had a great run, 2017 Offensive Player of the Year, set him up for a contract that he never would have gotten one season later. And, uh, and I get it. It's not easy to deal with the fact that your identity as a star football player is being taken away from you through an injury, through nothing that you did. It's not that you quit working hard. It's not that all of a sudden you just can't play. Your, your knee is keeping you from being the guy that you used to be. And, uh, you know, until he comes to terms with that, I don't see anybody wanting him on the team because it's you know if he walks through the door saying make me the workhorse uh no Todd that's not your role anymore you're a part-time player and we welcome you as a part-time player but we can only pay you as a part-time player and that's the challenge well, the Rams now face I mean look they took a risk and it blew up in their face I'm not right. going to say they screwed up no they took a risk and it blew up in their face and that happens sometimes no you're I mean you're you're right it, it does happen sometimes and they took a risk on a guy that I mean let's be serious I mean he was you know, arguably the best running back in the game. I mean, he was amazing. He could, you could throw him a, a screen pass and he can run for 70. You could hand it off to him on the left edge and he can run for 80. He was a game breaker. He was one of the best offensive weapons we saw in the sport. So I had no problem with them paying him. Now, Todd Gurley's, you know, his agent and everybody, they, they did a doozy on this one. I mean, they really did because it's hard to get out of this contract even next year out of Todd Gurley because of some of the dead money and stuff. What I'm doing is this if I'm the Rams and I have to keep them or if I'm trading for Todd Gurley I'm going to go listen Todd we know you're messed up we're paying you a lot of money 
we're going to make you the workhorse. We're not really concerned about the future of your knee. All right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be, you know, insensitive here, but we're going to pay you $20 million over the next two years. And we're going to work you like we don't think anything's wrong. And we're not going to really necessarily worry about, oh, we're going to keep you fresh for your next contract. No, that's gone out the door at this point. And I would be very upfront with Todd Gurley about that so he knows what's what's about to come. Yeah, and I think he's got to accept where he is and what's coming forward. And I think it's a lot of of things that have to happen at a very crazy, unsettled time in our country. It's yeah. a lot that has to happen to thread that needle just right and to work this out. And it may be the Rams just have to bite the bullet and keep him for another year, right? Well, or or hold on to him and maybe try to trade him after the next $10 million in guaranteed money becomes vested. Yeah, right. Well, I mean... You know, and to bring back something you've brought up many times here, I mean, Gurley is the perfect example, again, with the current environment we're in with, man, is anybody going to make that trade? How are they going to find the doctor to get a physical, do all that? You know, we're hearing Brady's in New York seeing a doctor that obviously the Bucks trust, so maybe it'll have to be something like that. But um, and, you know, and let's, I don't know. I did, how do the Bucks trust him? It's somebody they had I to know. find. They have I to know. mutually agree to some neutral doctor. Yeah. And if you're going to take on Todd Gurley, that's a great point. Who's going to take on Todd Gurley without a chance to check out that knee? Unless they just assume, right. I'm getting a guy who's damaged goods, I accept it, and it's part of how we value the trade. It's yeah. going to be very hard to do, Chris. Yeah, no, it is. It's going to be very hard to do. Uh, and that's why I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, the Todd Gurley trade. I'd be surprised. That might happen here another two months from now. After another $10 million has vested is fully guaranteed for Todd Gurley and, uh, and, and after people do have a chance to take a look at what he really can do at this point. Um, I, I'm going to do something unplanned before we finish. Yeah, cool. I'm, I, I have seen people, people send me betting odds all the time. Right. Um, and uh, I got a set of betting odds today. This goes back to one of our topics from earlier. The Patriots starting quarterback week one of the 2021 regular season. And a lot of times now these aren't Vegas odds, um, but a lot of times when I see these odds, it makes me think, do people know something? I don't Chris, the favorite, on this set of odds that was sent to me at plus 300. And before I tell you who it is, I'm going to tell you that Jared Stidham is plus 500 proposition to be the starter week one. That means you bet 100, you win 500 if he's the starter. At plus 300, oh wait, this is 2021, not 2020. Still, 20, this one is amazing to me. Starting quarterback for the Patriots week one of 2021, plus 300, Deshaun Watson. What? What? Negative Ghost Rider. I'm sorry. There's something wrong down in you know, Houston. We have a problem. Well, we if, know that. We know that. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, know that based upon based upon the trades that have, that they've made. But I saw that and I thought. Now at first I thought it said 2020, but it does say 2021. Uh, that that a lot of stuff would have to happen for Deshaun Watson to end up being the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots in 2021. Yeah, no, I just, I don't see that happening. Deshaun Watson is special, as you and I both know. I mean, this is, you know, you could argue that he's the second best quarterback in football right now. I mean, we know Mahomes is king, but I think between, you know, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, who would be two, three, in my opinion there, you know, that you could debate either one as the second best in football. I would have no issue if somebody was like, hey, Deshaun Watson's the second best. I wouldn't be like, oh, you're stupid. There's no way. No, I would go, yeah, I get it. He's he's freaking amazing, as we know. He's Deshaun Watson. He's so freaking, so awesome. freaking awesome. Mike, here's another thing, uh, too. I don't know if you planned on hitting on this, but I just wanted to, like, 
Have you heard one inkling about Jameis Winston? You know, no. This is this to me is like that. That's a weird one right now. Where I look at, I haven't heard Jack Diddley about Jameis Winston. I haven't heard Jack Diddley about Jadeveon Clowney. You know, either one. I haven't heard one thing. Not one rumor. Well, not one inkling. Nothing. Clowney's got to have a physical. Right. And nobody's touching Clowney without a physical. For Winston, that's not the issue. No, I know. And it just makes me wonder, where is Jameis Winston going to end up? I, I really don't know. You know, as I've told you, I know there was a lot of coaches in free agency and some guys I saw at the combine and things like that that are all very intrigued by Jameis Winston. Oh, I'd love to get my hands on him and do that. You know, but... Is he the guy that's the prototypical backup? You know, that's what I think is probably going to scare teams too. They're going to go, damn, you know, backup. We, you know, we want a talented guy, but damn, we want a guy we can trust too and do all that. So he's probably a little scary from that standpoint too. And we don't know what kind of money he's asking for on the open market. But right now he might not have a, a whole lot of choices. He might have to lower his price tag. And is he willing to be a backup? Some teams want a guy who says, I'm just here to support the starter. I'll hold the clipboard. I'll push the starter in practice. I'll help him get prepared. Is that what he wants, or does he want to go somewhere where he would be competing? And does that fit with what a team is looking for in a backup quarterback? Look, I think the Saints make the most sense for him. I hear that. You look at Mike, what it did. I hear you. For, for Teddy, yeah, for what it did for Teddy Bridgewater. Right. And you have an opportunity to play if Drew Brees gets injured again and he's 41, maybe he gets injured again. You work with Sean Payton. You iron out some of these rough spots. And you've got great weapons like Michael Thomas. I think that's where I would want to go. I'm not as big on Pittsburgh as a possibility. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger would embrace Jameis Winston, yeah, frankly, the way that Drew Brees would. Sure. I think the Saints make the most sense. Yeah, I, I hear you, Mike. I, you know, I, that's a team that has crossed my mind. They're, they they got to find some to, sort of backup. I don't think they want to just have Taysom Hill be their backup backup because then they can't run him or wear him out certain weeks with their Taysom Hill package because you're going to be worried about, oh, we're going to get our backup quarterback hurt. So, yeah, that, that uh, Jameis is very intriguing right now, and I have no feel for where he ends up. In August of 2019, not all that long ago, Peter King spoke with Jameis Winston during his training camp tour, and Winston said to Peter regarding the possibility of playing baseball, it is one of my dreams, it is something I would definitely look forward to. You have to ask yourself, if he's not happy with the offers he gets, if he's not happy with the role that he would be playing, does he say, screw it, I'm going to go the Tim Tebow route, I'm going to get involved in professional baseball, class A level or even subclass A, work my way up, rediscover baseball and see where it takes me. That may be the thing that he does. And I know that's always been one of the questions. Now he's not at the same skill level as Kyler Murray, who could throw away football anytime he wants and go back to baseball. But Winston was good enough that it's always been a question. It was a concern of the Buccaneers five years ago. They put a clause in his contract that would have given them the ability to go to court and prevent him from playing baseball anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Now he can go play baseball and maybe he'll feel unburdened by football and the money that football gives him if he's not getting the kind of money he's looking for. And maybe baseball is where he ultimately goes. Man, I mean, it just would be such a hard thing to make happen now. I mean, it's just, you know, that's baseball, you know, it's just, gosh, you just leave it for a number of years and think you're just going to jump back in there and be the player you were, you know, plus – you know, I know it's not perfect in football, but, you know, people like me and you, they see a lot of the positives Jameis Winston can bring to the table, too. So, you know, to me, where I, I, I almost look at it to go like, man, one of these teams 
that's, you know, really feels like the 49ers would be a team where I would tell my buddy Kyle Shanahan, go, you know, you got Nick Mullins. Maybe you keep him, right? But bring in a Jameis Winston. If you can get him for the right price, what would be the wrong thing there? See what he's got. See what he's about. Maybe if you're not happy with Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of 2020, you know, he's a guy that could be have potential to do something like that. You know, even a team like Kansas City. You know, I don't think we, we know Mahomes is the guy. They're a team that's in the Super Bowl window. You know, you know that would be another team. I might think about it if I'm uh, those type of teams, if, if it's the right price for a Jameis Winston. Well, it reminds me of the last Buccaneers first round pick at quarterback, um, Josh Freeman. Yeah, right. When he was cut, the Vikings pounced on him. And the argument was, hey, you're always looking for a franchise quarterback. Yeah, right. You never know where you're going to find one. Maybe you're going to find one in Jameis Winston. 5,109 passing yards, Chris 5109, eighth all time single season performance at a quarterback. Uh, I, I think that there's value in that. Yeah. And, and I am stunned that he's not in the conversation to be the starter anywhere. Um, and and uh, I think he would be a viable backup. And I think that maybe he takes a step back, whether it's with the 49ers, the Saints, or somewhere else, learns the game from a different perspective. That's right. And can, he's still young. Yeah. He's still young. He's still got a lot to offer. Quarterbacks play deep into their 30s now. And I, I think that Winston, I'd hate to see him leave football. I'd hate to see him jump into any other sport. I want him to stay. And uh, he's just got to get, just like Todd Gurley's got to get his brain around the idea that he's not a workhorse. Jameis Winston's going to have to get his brain around the idea that he was supplanted by Tom Brady. Hey, there are better, quarter, far, far worse options out there for quarterbacks who will supplant you from your job. Yep. And now you, you go about phase two of your career, yeah, hoping no. that phase three puts you back under center no on a regular it. basis. No doubt about it. You, you got to make the move that's right for your career here, just like we saw Teddy Bridgewater do, where you go, damn, it might not be exactly what I want, but this makes the most sense and puts me in a position to succeed to where if I do get a chance to play, I can kind of uh, jumpstart my career again and have people view me as a starting quarterback once again. All right, well, that's it for today's PFT PM, PFT OT. Chris Sims on Button coming up later today. We'll do it again tomorrow. And then Monday is the day. If there's any good news in this, well, I don't I don't want to swear again, but it's been rough for everybody for the last week or so. We'll be back on Monday. People are craving that routine, that distraction, that normalcy. So your normalcy will be listening to a couple of abnormal individuals Talk about football on NBCSN and Sky Sports starting again on Monday, and we can't wait for that. Chris, great job as always. We'll do it again on Friday. Everybody, again, stay safe. Look out for each other. Be smart. We are going to get through this. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.